0: You're listening to Rami Makhlouf on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. That's
1: right. Back with you on 670 The Score, your Odyssey app and 670thescore.com. Rami Makhlouf, Tyler Buterball on the ones and twos producing the show this evening. If you don't remember, if you don't know who I am, I'm the guy who had that ridiculous, crazy Josh Allen take on the afternoon show a couple of years ago that uh now half the uh sports media world also has and it's not looking so wild or so crazy. No Josh Allen talk on the slate for tonight. We will talk Bears with Hub Arkish, a pro football weekly. And of course, our NFL insider here at the score coming up at 620. Voice of the Chicago Bulls, Chuck Skworski will be here at 720 and much, much more. A lot of Bears talk today. I've been, um, for lack of a better term, unemployed for the last six months. So I have a lot of Bears thoughts, a whole season worth of Bears thoughts to to get off my chest. And I do want to thank uh, 670 The Score, Mitch Rose, and Ryan Porth for giving me the platform to do so. And we're going to get into the big picture of all the major players in the Bears organization. I, of course, will talk about Justin Fields tonight. I'll talk about how terrible Luke Getze is as an offensive coordinator. But I wanted to start off with Ryan Poles. And I welcome your calls and your texts at 312-644-6767. Again, you can call that number. You can text that number. And I'll try to be as as not long-winded as possible here in the first segment so I can maybe squeeze a few of your thoughts in before we catch up with Hub at 620. But here's why I wanted to start off with Ryan Poles. Because as the Bears have heated up here, and they've won four of their last six, for a minute there it looked like everybody's head was potentially on the chopping block. We heard that Kevin Warren was was thinking about maybe a change at GM, and of course that would probably include a, a change at, at coach. And Justin Fields has never really been safe or or agreed upon as as a quarterback of the future for this Chicago Bears team. But when we talk about the Bears after they've heated up a little bit and have won four of their last six, when we talk about Luke Getzey, everybody wants him gone. We're all in agreement, even though they've won four of their last six. I have a hard time finding a Bears fan that, wanna keep, that's, that wants to keep this guy around as the offensive coordinator. When we talk about Justin Fields, I feel like it's, it's a 50 50 split or right there in that neighborhood, especially after he's won four of six and has looked a little bit better in that stretch. When we talk About Matt Eberflus, and again, I'm going to get into all these guys and the big picture of the Chicago Bears before I get out of here at nine. When we talk about Matt Eberflus, I think most Bears fans still want him gone, but he's won over a few people, especially with the turnaround on the defensive side of the football. But when we get to Ryan Poles, especially after these last six games, when we get to Ryan Poles, it feels to me like he's getting a pass or maybe even praise. For where the Bears are at now. And look, you you can't deny some of the things that he's done well. But when I read, and these, this this isn't the only place that I've read or heard this again, unemployed for the last six months, I've had a lot of time to consume a lot of Chicago sports media, mostly Six Seventy The Score, uh, but also you know all 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 the, the 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 four letter network, NFL Network, all the podcasts and breakdowns and everything else. When we get to Ryan Poles, I hear a lot of things like what I read in Randy Mueller's piece at The Athletic. And I'm just going to read you a couple paragraphs here of, of the, the job that Ryan Poles has, has done as the general manager of the Chicago Bears and where he has this organization at right now. He starts off, he says, Ryan Poles has what most GMs only dream about when taking over a franchise in need of a ground-up rebuild. He's been given two years to settle in, learn the job, and assess inherited talent while making some moves of his own. The results have been mixed but are definitely trending upward. The Bears have six picks in the 2024 NFL Draft, led by two first-rounders, currently projected at one and eight. They will be assured the number one pick if the Jaguars beat the Panthers on Sunday. The Bears also have a third-round pick, two in round four, one in round five, along with $63.8 million in cap space for 2024 per over-the-cap. This is a full load of artillery that could change the state of the franchise quickly. No team is set up to better to build for the future. And that's why I might consider a change in staff. He says polls also has a chance to pivot from one quarterback after two years to a better option. If he chooses the same could be said for the status of head coach, Matt Eberflus and maybe even the offensive scheme polls has options galore the, there might only be one other franchise in the league that has given its decision-makers more rope. And he's right. He's he's right. And a lot of those things, you got to give him credit for. For the stockpiling of draft picks through, through the trades that he's made, mainly the trading of the number one pick last year, that puts you in the position that you're in, the clearing of the cap space. But the fact they're drafting number eight and the fact that they still don't know who their quarterback is and the fact that they might not have the right head coach or the right offensive scheme or not a very good record under his tenure, I think lands at the feet of Ryan Poles. And look, man, I, I've said this for a long time and I've, I've listened to, to Bernstein and Holmes refer to this over the last few weeks about how when 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 you're following one team things can look a lot better or a lot worse than what they actually are that when when you step outside and 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 you look at what's going on in the world and don't treat it as if it, as if it's happening in a vacuum that things maybe don't aren't as good or as bad as they look when you have those blinders on so I don't want to treat Ryan Poles like he exists in a vacuum in the Bears' situation since Ryan Poles took over as the general manager like it exists in a vacuum. So I, real quick, went back to coaching and GM changes in the year of 2022 when the combination of Poles and Eberflus was hired. And there were 10 teams that year that changed their coach and or their GM. And I'll just give you a quick rundown. Gonna throw lots of numbers at you, but you'll get the point once I get to the end of this. Houston hired Lovey Smith, fired him after one year. They now have D'Amico Ryans. They've gone three and thirteen and eight and seven for a total of eleven and twenty. The Giants. They hired Dable and Joe Shine away from the Bills. They've gone nine and seven. They lose their quarterback, Daniel Jones, early in the season. They're five and ten for a total of fourteen and seventeen. Minnesota made a change at coach and GM that offseason, hiring Kevin O'Connell and Queze Adolfo Mensa. I'm sure I'm butchering his name. They've gone 13 and 4, lost Kirk Cousins, sit at 7 and 8, and have a record of 20 and 12. The Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel that year. They've gone 9 and 8, 11 and 4, total of 20 and 12. Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett, fired him after one year hired Sean Payton. Crazy stuff going on in Denver today, by the way. We're going to have to get to that at some point in the show, but they've gone five and 12 and seven and eight for a total of 12 and 20. New Orleans, Dennis Allen was hired that off season. They've gone seven and 10, seven and eight, 14 and 18 combined. Las Vegas, they hired a GM and a coach that offseason. Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. They have fired them both. And with Antonio Pierce now still as an interim head coach, for some reason they've gone six and eleven, seven and eight combined, thirteen and nineteen. Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay, he's gone eight and nine, eight and seven, 16 and sixteen over those two years. Jacksonville with uh, Doug Peterson, they've gone nine and eight, eight and seven for seventeen and fifteen record. The Chicago Bears, with the combination of Eberflus and Poles, have gone three and fourteen. And to this point this year, six and nine, they've gone nine and 23 with those two guys as as the the head of the the snake for the Chicago Bears, so to speak. If you weren't following along with all those numbers, that's the worst record of any coach or combination GM coach that were hired two years ago, the worst record in the NFL of the of that group of teams. And you might say to me, well Rami, those teams didn't didn't start off with as bad a situation as what the Chicago Bears have had. And I can't go through every single roster and, and and debate that with you, but I have a hard time. Look, Ryan Pace was bad as a GM, but I have a hard time believing that their situation was so bad, needed so much of an overhaul after the Ryan Pace era that they need to be that far behind the rest of the pack. The, f- the fact is, those guys came in, whether it was just a coach or whether it was a GM and a coach, and they assessed the roster. And they said, okay, here are the guys who can help us win. Here are the guys that maybe can't be part of the plan. And they made changes. They didn't do what Ryan Poles did, which was, I need to blow this whole thing up. Everybody but Justin Fields. Justin Fields needs to go, and you know what? I'm not even sold on Justin Fields. So I'm going to waste two years on a potential franchise quarterback rookie contract. I'm going to waste two of those years and possibly make that quarterback the scapegoat after those two years, even though I did very little to help his development or, or foster his success. And you might say to me, well, it's not about how many games that they've won in those, in those almost two seasons that I just went through of those 10 teams that made changes that offseason. It's about where they're at now and are the Bears in a better position than those teams are now. And quite frankly, I can't say that, I, that they are, in my opinion, when I go through a lot of those 10 teams. If you ask me who's the best setup for the next handful of years of those 10 teams that I just listed off, Houston, the Giants, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Saints, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Jaguars, and the Bears all made moves two years ago to change their coach and or GM. I look at Houston, and even though they fired a coach after one year and hired another one, I like what they got going there better than what the Bears do. And in his rookie year, they seem to know more about C.J. Stroud and have done more for his development and growth than what the Bears have done in two years for Justin Fields. The Giants, I really like Brian Dable. I'm not so sold on, on Daniel Jones. I might say it's a wash if you ask me who's in a better position. I'll take Minnesota's situation as long as they can bring back Kirk Cousins. I'll take Miami's situation 10 days out of 10 when you look at what Mike McDaniel has done there with that offense. Denver with Sean Payton, and again, that's just a mess with what happened with Russell Wilson today. We'll try and squeeze that in at some point this evening. Dennis Allen, the Saints, it feels like they're just spinning their wheels in mediocrity, so I wouldn't say they're ahead of the Bears. I wouldn't say they're behind the Bears, though. Las Vegas, again, I wouldn't say they're ahead of them. I wouldn't say they're behind him. Now you got Mark Davis there who's a crazy person. And who knows what he's going to do with with their whole head coach GM situation once the season is up. Antonio Pierce has really done nothing but win and still hasn't gotten rid of that interim tag. Tampa Bay, they're pushing for the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. They could clinch their division with the win this week. And they were were as salary cap strapped as anybody after Tom Brady and Rob Rob Gronkowski cashed their checks. And rode off into the sunset. Doug Peterson, I'll I'll take the, I'll take what's going on in Jacksonville with, with, with their quarterback situation over what the Bears got going here. Of those other nine teams, at least six of them have, have put themselves in better position for some success here in the coming years than the Chicago Bears have, while being better while putting a better product on the field and winning more football games, including a few of these teams in the hunt or basically having clinched playoff spots already, and including some of these teams having fired the guys they, they hired that year and gone on to a new coach, and they've still been better than you. And we want to sit here and praise Ryan Poles for putting the Bears in this position. Some of the things deserve praise. I'm not going to sit here and and say I'd give him an F if I was grading Ryan Poles. But the whole approach from from day one of of thinking this is a a two- or a three-year rebuild before you can put a competitive product on the field is just crazy to me. It's borderline malpractice from a GM, if you ask me. And we're sitting here and and saying, wow, what, what a position he's put the Bears in. And I, look, I like the trade for Montez Sweat. I I, I, I like the, the draft picks and, and the overhaul of the secondary. There are certain things that you can't really argue with when talking about this. But guess, but guess what? You had a great pass rusher in Khalil Mack. You had a great linebacker in Roquan Smith. You decided to take three steps back, and now because you've taken two steps forward— all of a sudden you're, you're the darling of, of, of the Chicago Bears organization and your seat is no longer hot? H- how is that? H- how, how did we get to the point of winning four out of six games and people still having questions about Justin Fields and people still having questions about Matt Eberflus and everybody being out on, 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 on Luke Getzey and seeing very little growth from the offense at large because all you've really added to make a huge difference and make a huge impact has been DJ Moore. Again, I'm not saying I'd give him an F. I wouldn't give him an A either. I'm not saying I'm fully out on Ryan Poles. I'm just not fully in on Ryan Poles. And again, I welcome your thoughts. You can give us a call. 312-644-6767. And uh, we'll try and squeeze some of your thoughts in. Is Ryan Poles getting a free pass or even praise? And does he deserve it? Maybe I'm off base here. 312-644-6767. We will talk with Hub Arkish. I'm sure he'll have thoughts on Ryan Poles and the rest of the Bears situation. Our NFL insider joins me next. Rami Makloff on 670 The Score.
2: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
0: Not much different. I wouldn't say much different. Last year they, they did a lot of uh, you know things where they would pressure with five and all those things and you know try to keep them well rushes what we call keep the guy you know keep that mobile quarterback in the well with four or five they've they've done that um, and and the coverage is, is varied based on the opponent you know so we don't see that much of a, of a difference um, you know as opposed to all the, you know I'm looking at the whole encompassing you know picture uh, so that's where it is.
1: As Matt Eberflus talking about how teams are defending Justin Fields this year differently or not so differently compared to last year. Rami Maklouf with you with you on the score here on a Wednesday evening live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. And joining me now on the Uh, Oh, geez, I just lost my sponsor read. I'll just introduce him. I'll do the sponsor read later. He is the executive editor for Pro Football Weekly and the NFL Insider at 670 The Score. Always a pleasure to talk some bears with Mr. Hub Arkish. Hub, how are you this evening, sir?
2: I'm good, Ronnie. How you doing?
1: Good. We'll we'll start there since since uh, Coach was talking about Justin Fields. Let me ask you about Justin Fields. How much growth have you seen from him from from last year to this year? He was talking about how defenses have played against him. How about the way he's played against some of these different looks that he's seen uh, against these defenses?
2: Well, I, I think if you go you know week to week and then you, you knock out the four weeks with the injury and come back, he, he has shown. Some progress, but I think also in his third year in the league for a first-round draft choice, and the bat who's supposed to be your, your franchise quarterback, he hasn't shown enough progress. Uh, the things that he struggles with, he is still struggling with. Uh, the two things that, that have concerned me from the beginning is that his accuracy throwing the football is, is not very good. It's less than 50%. And, and if you go back and, and watch tape of these games and study these games, you'll find five, six plays in almost every game that if he had not missed the throw and he missed it, uh, you know, those games could have changed. And so that, that's a real problem. But, but the bigger problem, the, the, the first biggest problem is that he's still just not reading the field well enough. He's not seeing things well enough. He's not making decisions quick enough. And uh, you know, because of his unique athletic, talent ability, and because he's obviously a very bright young man. It's not that he doesn't have the smarts for it. It's a mm-hmm. God-given gift with these quarterbacks. You, you know, it's a, I, I've talked about this a lot this season, but 83% of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round failed, depending on what you consider a failure, but they don't become franchise or, or Pro Bowl or, or Super Bowl quarterbacks. And, and, and that's, you know, almost all of them. And, and the biggest reason that most of them fail is not having those natural instincts and that ability to read the field fast enough and get the ball out quick enough. And that's somewhere where he has not really shown a tremendous amount of progress and, and I think that's probably where the most concern has to be.
1: And I see that. I think most people would see that hub and, and wouldn't argue with you on that. That that's that's a hole in his game. How much of that and in your experience and all your years of covering this league and this team, how much of that can be coached out of a guy and can sort of be fixed, so to speak? And and how much of that is just who they are?
2: You know, I mean that's that's the tough question because um, right. The accuracy part, you can coach that, and you can probably improve it somewhat. I, I don't think that you go from being, you know, average or poor in accuracy to being great, but you can get better. But reading the field, the natural instincts, the the, the seeing it when other people don't see it. I'm not sure you can teach that. I, 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 you know, I've been doing this for 45 years now, and I've seen all the great quarterbacks. And, and the ones that have done it consistently, uh, I, I think they're just kind of born with it. You know, I think they feel it, and they see it, and they understand it. And uh, I'm not saying you can't teach that, but I can't think of a quarterback who you know, struggled for two, three, four years and then became a franchise quarterback.
1: Hub Arkish joining me, Rami Makhlouf on 6-7 to score here on a Wednesday night with you. I was talking about Ryan Poles, the general manager, before I brought you on, Hub. And, and I understand folks that that aren't sold on Justin Fields or aren't sold on on Matt Eberflus despite winning four of the last six. I, I certainly understand where they're coming from. It seems like the guy who most of the heat has, has sort of been taken off of in this is Ryan Poles. And when I look at it, I don't know that he necessarily deserves any less blame or any less heat than those other two guys that I just mentioned for the the approach that he took from day one of, to put it in a nutshell, taking four steps back to now take two steps forward, and in the meantime, wasting two years of of a rookie quarterback contract. What's your take on Ryan Poles and the job he's done to this point?
2: Well, Ryan, let me just say first quickly that I think all three of those guys have taken – Way too much unfair and 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 more heat than they ever should have. You know, it, it's not one guy. It's not those three guys. It's a fifty-three man game. You know, it takes a team to play this game, and it's not those three guys that have created the problems we saw in the first half of the season. Now, that said, uh, you know, going forward, I, I think that you know, I always kind of get back to the mental part of it. You know, and and you know, do, do they have those instincts? Do they know? If you go back and watch tape of him at Ohio State, you'll see that. I mean, he didn't really look like a first round quarterback to me, you know, and, you know, playing at Ohio state for quarterback, you're going to have big numbers. You're going to win a lot of games. You're going to do great. But I have never really seen the passer in Justin Fields, the NFL passer. And if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you have to be an NFL passer. And that's my concern. Now I'm not saying he can't get there. He definitely has, again, the athletic ability, the talent and the work ethic. His leadership is great There's a lot of good things about him, but quarterback is the one position where a lot of good things aren't good enough. If you don't have those couple special instincts, you're not going to be the guy to lead your team at that position. And that's where he's got, you know, I'm not going to say he's only got two weeks left, but he, he's got to, this is a huge game Sunday because Atlanta, you know, has a pretty good defense and and this is going to be, I think probably his best test, uh, you know, the last four well, well, that's not true. Cleveland is a much better team, but, but this is going to be because they run the ball so well. And even though the bears are now number one in the NFL in run defense, they're not going to shut Bijan John Robinson down. Um, and that's going to free up a little bit. And the Bears' pass defense is not that good. Um, so Justin is going to have to put points up. You know, he's going to, and he's going to have to do it through the air. Now, they will run the ball. I mean, they should. They're one of the best, runners, best running teams in the league. But um, he has got to begin to show that he is evolving as an NFL passer, a guy who sees things quickly enough and understands what he's looking at and then gets the ball in the right spot. And and I, I think I I haven't heard many people besides me talking about it. But if you go back and watch tape, you'll see the accuracy is a real concern for me. And that's something they got to continue to work really hard on.
1: You said this will be one of his tougher tests here down the stretch. Do you think the Bears are still sort of testing him? Or do you think they've already made the decision of, of what they're going to do this offseason at quarterback?
2: Well, I don't know if they've made the decision, but they are absolutely still testing him. There's no question about that. They want to see everything they can in these next two games. And, you know, everybody's made the assumption that they have uh, basically one choice to make. It's either Justin Fields or a new quarterback, and that's not at all true. Um, You know, you were talking a few minutes ago about Ryan Poles. I think Ryan Poles has done a very good job. I'm not going to say great, but I think a very good job. He's made some mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. He can't be perfect. But you look at the trade last year that put him in this spot now to possibly have the first overall pick, knowing that he might need a quarterback, and he 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 you know he, he did that immediately. He made sure that he had those options. Look at the other draft capital they have, the selling case pass they have, the, the trade he made for Montez Sweat. I loved Montez Sweat all season long and I kept thinking, boy, if the Bears get a pass right, I hope it's not to sweat. And when I got the phone call that day and heard that was it, that was great. That's really turned out great. And I think he's going to get better. You haven't seen his best yet. So, uh, you know, you look at some of the draft picks he's made, I think that Ryan Poles has done a pretty good job and I think he has a real clear understanding that the most important decision he's going to make is going to be about the quarterback. He's not going to take it lightly, but he does not have to sign off on Justin Fields just to get another great option. Everybody keeps thinking that he does. Uh, you know, one of the things I've talked with Gabe a little bit about on the show is that I personally, if I had the number one overall pick, I would use it to take the wide receiver from Ohio State. And then I would use my second pick to take the quarterback because I don't think that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in this draft. And I'm not sure May is either. And so uh, the point is that even if, you know, I don't have to be right about all that, but Ryan Poles has lots of options is my point. And, um, and he's done pretty well with all those options so far. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this offseason.
1: Talking with Hub Arkish here on the score with you on a Wednesday evening. You mentioned Montez Sweat and this Bears defense the last six weeks or so has has been a a different beast, so to speak, than than what we've seen previously. And you said you said before, you know, none of these guys have have failed on their own or 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 it's no it's no one guy to blame. And I think the same can be said for a success when you look at what's happened on the defensive side of the ball, but how much of that has been Matt Eberflus sort of taking things over and how much of that has been what a great pass rusher can do in terms of the domino effect for the rest of the defense.
2: Well, I I think pretty much most of it is the two things you just said, (laughs) you know, foos has done a great job of the defense. He's a great defensive coach. That's how you got a head coaching job. So that shouldn't really surprise anybody. But the fact that that defense has improved so much while he is both being the head coach and the defensive coordinator, that's really impressive. When you look at these five and four hours, last nine games, you know, when you look at uh, they're a 500 team after you get past that 0-4 start, that type of thing, um, you know, and, and only in a second year of this rebuild. And last year was not a rebuild. Last year was a teardown. This mm-hmm. is really the first year. It's his second year. But to, to try and judge him on what he's done so far with where he started from, I think people should be crediting him rather than firing him, you know, and, and not by the way, I haven't made up my mind yet about what kind of head coach he's going to be. He still has a lot more to show us, but I definitely don't think he deserves to be fired. I can't imagine anybody would talk about firing uh, Ryan Pauls with the job he's done so far. And with Justin Fields, Uh, Again, I think it's important to realize that that just because he hasn't gotten there yet doesn't mean he can't. He does have unique athletic ability. He has unique running ability. And so it may very well be that the best thing for them is to go get the best wide receiver out of college football, to get the best quarterback out of college football, and take one more year of letting Justin compete with that guy and see what you got. Because they're already improving.
1: You, You talked about how important these last couple games are for Justin Fields. How important are they for Matt Eberflus? How warm is is his seat right now, despite winning four of the last six?
2: You know that's the hard part. Uh, I mean, because yeah, I, I get to talk to a lot of folks at Hallis Hall, but they're not going to tell me the, the you know trade secrets. And, and I don't really know the new GM very well. I, I, I don't know him at all, actually. Um, and and I'm not sure how he's thinking. But I had heard that he had decided a couple of weeks ago that he feels he needs to get more involved in the football side of things. And I think that would be a big mistake. Uh, He was brought here to build a stadium, and he's really good at it. He was brought here to be the team president. He's really good at that. He can do everything that he has to do to be successful at the job, but he doesn't have a football background. He actually played basketball, I believe, in high school. Um, And so I don't want him telling Poles and Flus what to do. That that would be a problem in my mind. And, And I think that's when people complain about how the Bears organization is set up. That's been their problem for a long, long time. Is that there's been too many cooks in the broth, and and you know not the one expert uh, since Ditka making all the decisions, and uh, that's what they need now. And, and I don't know if Poles and Flus are the right the two right guys for that, um, but I don't think they've proven that they haven't, and that's why I wouldn't fire either one of them.
1: Yeah, he he seems to be the wild card in all this. Hub, when you talk about Kevin Warren and and what course they take this offseason, like I said before, we heard when 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 this season was off to a rough start, two and six. That even even Ryan Poles, that Kevin Warren was thinking about even making a change at the general manager position. Is is he the great unknown, Kevin Warren, that is, in terms of how this whole offseason goes down and maybe wanting his own guys? Like Ryan Poles wanted his own guys in in putting together the coaching staff and the roster.
2: Well, Kevin is the guy that we almost all probably all know the least about you know and just don't really know yet how he approaches these things and how he's thinking and again he is wildly successful both in the nfl and college football with three different programs he is wildly successful at getting the fact that the minnesota vikings stadium was recently voted the best stadium in the nfl that's amazing if you think about it you know and and he got that building built for him when, when, when nobody else could get it done so i think he is going to do a good job you know left to his own device and I think that George McCaskey will do that. Um, and, uh, as far as the stadium goes and as far as the football part of it, if he, if, if he agrees with me on some of what I'm saying about Paul's and flu said, he trusts them. And my instinct is that he will, because it would be crazy not to for one more year with the way they're finishing. Now, a lot of it does depend on these last two games. Um, but, uh, Uh, just instinct, I think, that that they will both be back, but I don't think that's been decided yet. If if they lose another game in the fourth quarter this weekend or or the week after against the Packers, that could cost one or both their jobs. It's that tense in town right now. You've heard it. I, I can't believe how you know, negative everybody's been about the three people we're talking about, Um, but they are, and so (laughs) you just just have to work through it now and live with it, and and I hope they do because I want to see one more year. I just, I don't, I I do think Poles has done a pretty good job. I think Flues has done a great job turning it around the second half of the season, but I wasn't thrilled with the way he handled training camp in the beginning of the season, so I think there is still a little bit more to learn about Matt.
1: That's Hub Arkish, executive editor of Pro Football Weekly. Of course, our NFL insider here at Six Seven The Score, and you can follow him on Twitter at Hub Underscore Arkish. Hub, always appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time.
2: Oh, thanks for having me, Robert. Take care.
1: And he joins me on the Score Hotline. I found I found the sponsor. Read presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book. Continue to take your calls on the Bears and my thoughts on Ryan Pulse, 312-644-6767. You can text that number as well. And boy, do we got your Bears covered with the latest updates and discussion on the Bears going into their Week 17 matchup against the Falcons. Just download the Odyssey app, search for 670 to score, and tap follow to receive alerts on all our Bears coverage. And if you can't get enough Bears coverage, check out the Take the North podcast with David Haw and Dan Wieterer with the Bears. Biggest storylines ahead of Sunday's game. Follow Take the North as well on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Taking your Bears calls, text 312-644-6767. Right after this, Rami Makhlouf with you on 670 The Score. We're back live with more Rami Makhlouf on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. That's who I am, Rami Makhlouf with you on a Wednesday evening. Tyler Buterball on the ones and twos producing up this program This evening, I'm live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. My thanks once again to Hub Arkish for joining me talk some bears in the previous segment. Chuck Swirsky, voice of the Chicago Bulls, he'll join me coming up at 7.20 to talk about that big performance by Andre Drummond. And suddenly, a red-hot Bulls team. He'll join me coming up at about seven twenty. But if you missed it, I opened up the show. Not saying I was out on Ryan Poles or or giving him a failing grade on the job he's done so far. I I see the positives. I see the good he's done. I just I don't I didn't agree with the approach from the beginning. Of as I said to Hub, to to nutshell it for you taking four steps back to now take two steps forward and praising him for it. While I've watched every other team that changed their coach and or GM that offseason have a better record than the Bears, literally every one of the other nine teams that made a change that offseason has a better record. And quite frankly, in my opinion, six or seven of those teams are in a better position, at least as far as the knowns, of those of those organizations are in better position moving forward for this next handful of years than what the Bears are at. So you you've had not as good a product as those teams and not really a better position to put yourself in. Now they could be in a much better position if he handles this offseason and all the cap space and all the, the 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 draft picks that they have if he handles it right. Cool. And they might be in a better position than those other teams that I'm talking about. But as we sit here today, and like I said, the knowns of these football organizations, I don't think they're a whole lot better off than those teams while losing more. And that doesn't do a whole lot for me. Again, I'm not out on Ryan Poles. I'm curious to see what he's going to do next. But what are your thoughts? 312-644-6767. You can also text the show using that very same number. Let me go out to Forest Park and Nando, you're on six seventy to score. What's up, Nando?
3: I think that was Portage Park, but yeah, no, that's cool. oh, my bad. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so no, it's funny because I, I don't always agree to agree with him, but he he brings up some good points. I I say give them a little patience. They just they just tore everything down, right? This is their second year. Field's got another year. I would I would still take. If they're going to take quarterback Caleb Williams, I would still take him, them, put them on the bench for for a year or two. You know, let let's take that that formula that Green Bay has had for the last two two quarterbacks, sit them on the bench, and then you know, let let them learn for a little bit. Now, whether they learn behind behind Fields, maybe, maybe I don't know if that's the best idea. I wouldn't be mad if they move on from Fields, but I I would say a little more patience. I wouldn't be mad if they you know. If they mo- remove the coaching staff, if they have an opportunity, kind of like the Cubs, if there's somebody else better, maybe uh, bring in the enemy or, you know, somebody that could you know speed up the the offense a little bit. But that that's my take. A little more patience. They just tore it down. Give them another year or two, and then see where they go from there.
1: Nando, appreciate the uh, the call and the and the thoughts, man. It, uh, Nando and Hub are far more patient than me, man. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't know how they do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm any smarter than that. I'm just saying that they're a whole hell of a lot more patient than I am. And, and saying give them more time because they, they went through a teardown, my point is I don't know that the teardown was necessary especially when you have Justin Fields one year after you gave up everything you gave up to get him and invested as much as you did as a franchise in getting him and put as much faith in him being your quarterback of the future as they did. And I know Ryan Poles didn't do that. I understand that. But the Bears as an organization took that leap of faith with Justin Fields. And if Ryan Poles wasn't ready to take that leap of faith and, and showed up to his interview saying, I think we need to tear this whole thing down and reevaluate Justin Fields in the process, I would have said, thanks for coming in. We're going to go in a different direction. And here's the scariest part about this whole thing to me. Because I'm I'm just, I'm tired of the cycle, man. I, I'm tired of the vicious cycle that we go in as Bears fans. And sorry to ruin your Wednesday night, but go down this road with me if you will, please. The Bears finished strong, right? Let's say they win one of these next two games. That'd mean they won, what, five of their last eight? And they still decide to go in a different direction at quarterback. And Ryan Poles goes and drafts Caleb Williams. That's the hot name. That's the guy that if you're going to go in with a quarterback and number one, that's the guy everybody wants. You go with Caleb Williams at number one, and now you got this ready to win defense. And the expectation from everybody, fans to Kevin Warren to the McCaskies, regardless of what you do at head coaches, it's time to win now. We got a, We got a defense that's ready to win now, and rookie quarterback be damned. We need to win some football games. And, and, and at least sniff the playoffs right now. That's the expectation in Bears Nation, right? And then they fall short of that expectation, and they fall short of that expectation because the quarterback has some rookie struggles. Then Ryan Poles is the guy whose head is on the chopping block, and now we got another GM coming in, with a quarterback, one year into his rookie contract, who now, because of some struggles in his rookie year, has some questions around him, and he's not the new GM's guy, and we're going to go through this whole thing again, and in three years, be sitting here talking about, does does the GM think that, that, that Caleb Williams is the guy for this organization, or are we going in a different direction at quarterback? I'm tired of this mess, man. I am tired of it. I know you can't really handcuff Ryan Poles to Justin Fields because that wasn't the guy that he drafted, but, man, I am so scared of this revolving door that the Bears have, of bringing in GMs who inherit quarterbacks who aren't their guy or inherit coaches who aren't their guy and coaches inheriting quarterbacks and GMs that aren't their guy and quarterbacks having to deal with GMs and coaches that didn't draft them and they weren't their guy. Let's get everybody all on the same page. And I just feel like if you go in a different direction right now at quarterback, you're setting yourself up to do this all over again. And I swear I'm going to pull my hair out if we go in this cycle again. Let's go out to Milwaukee and J-Mo. You're on 670 to score. What's up, Jay?
4: Rama, lama, ding a danga How
1: are you, my friend?
4: What an odyssey you've had this Thank year, you. buddy! Well played. You go from the you go from the cheaper, drunker, uh, smaller Chicago, and then you go to the what least visited part of California, Sacramento.
1: I was in Sacramento way, for a looking, little over a year. Yeah,
4: I know you're looking California, but you're feeling Nova Scotia, <laughs> and now. Here you are back in back in the saddle in the uh, larger, more expensive, less drunk Milwaukee.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing now. All right. Okay. What are your thoughts yeah. on the Bears, JMO? It has been it has been quite the trek for me. What are your thoughts on the Bears, my man? I think
4: that uh, you've had years of McCaskey rule, and now does Kevin Warren have? Uh, Autonomy? Does Kevin Warren have a say so in how the operation is going to be run, or is Kevin Warren's main focus is to get him into Arlington Heights and uh, get him a new, you know, get him a shiny new stadium? And and do people show up regardless? I I think I think the main reason.
1: uh, Thanks for the call, JMO. I think the main reason he was brought in was was to to get that stadium. And that's that's what Hub said, Hub Arkish, when he joined us just a little while ago. I think the main reason he was brought in was, yes, to get the stadium in Arlington Heights or anywhere else. And by the way, I, I like that Arlington Heights site, mostly because it's like a 10-minute drive from my brother's house, and I could just crash there when I go to a Bears game. But that's me. I'm selfish. But I I do think that at at some point, if the Bears whether it's Kevin Warren's decision to make unilaterally or whether it would have to come from higher up from the McCaskies. Eventually, if this thing doesn't go the way that they want to see it go and you got to move on from this regime, whether it's polls and Eberflus or just Eberflus or just polls. Yeah. Kevin Warren's going to be the guy who's going to be put in charge of doing this and how soon he gets itchy and makes that move if he has the power to make that move, or gets itchy and makes the push to get the power to make that move. I think that's the question. And it sounded like that's that's what Hub was saying was the question with this. How much power does he have? And how much power is he gonna try to grab? And and when is when is that gonna happen? When is that gonna happen? When does he run out of patience for this whole thing? Got a few texts saying Hub is right on the money, total agreement with everything that he said. I can't argue with Hub, man, because Hub has a way, even if I do disagree with him, of, of framing things to where I go, yeah, you got a point. And, and like I said before, he's just got a lot more patience for this Bears organization than I do, which I don't even understand. Because he's been around him for decades now. And I I I would have gone crazy by now if I were Hub Arkish covering the Chicago Bears for as long as he has. Not only has he not gone crazy, he has the patience of a saint. I just I like I said, I can't do this revolving door again of coaches and GMs and quarterbacks all inheriting guys that they didn't want or that they didn't pick and then having to go searching for for a guy at one of those three pillars of an organization. Here's a text from the 630. says, I feel you're completely off base with Ryan. He's got the Bears in one of the best positions in the entire league. He's looking for sustained success. Also from the 630 says, I have a feeling you're going to get a bunch of pushback on this. I get it, man. I think it's a little bit of recency bias and prisoner of the moment, or maybe I'm just not, doing good enough a job, I'm willing to admit that, of taking a look at the big picture. Maybe my frustration and my lack of patience is, 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 is clouding my judgment here. All the pain and suffering I've gone through as a Bears fan in my 44 years on this planet. Maybe maybe I can't think rationally when it comes to the Chicago Bears anymore. But I got serious questions, more than, more than Hub Arkish does, and apparently more than a lot of you guys do about Ryan Poles, and even more so with Matt Eberflus to some degree with Justin Fields, and I'm, I'm just done. I'm just done with Luke Getze, and we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that throughout the show today. I, like I said, I've got a lot of Bears thoughts. I've been, I've been sitting on my couch for the last six months. i got a lot of Bears thoughts that I will get out to. Also, Chuck Swirsky, radio voice of the Chicago Bulls, who you hear right here on 670 The Score. He'll join me at 720, but more on the Bears And the Justin Fields decision and why it may or may not be a good idea to move on. Right after this, Robbie Makloff with you on The Score on a Wednesday night.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?